take as little as three minutes to see if you could save on motorcycle insurance with Progressive. Come on, you've spent more time than that thinking about helmets with faces on them. I should get a new helmet. Ooh, maybe I'll get one of those ones that looks like a face with painted teeth and eyebrows, you know? Oh, that always looks so cool. People are like, whoa, is that a person with two faces? Oh, no, it's a helmet. And one face. Get a quote in as little as three minutes at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, Quigs, have you heard that New York City, New York City, has found its new rat czar? First of all, what, a, what is a rat czar, Steve? So, apparently New York has made this position because they have such a rat problem in that city. You know, when you have train stations being infested by hockey teams, I guess you have an infestation of rats because they can't hang out at the, the train station and other places. You know, that's the Ra- New York Rangers fault. Oh, yeah. But the, <laughs> the rat czar is a director of rodent mitigation. So I guess she's just trying to solve the rat problems in New York City. New York! As a rat runs through the screen. Gee golly, New York City. Yeah. Kurt brought this to our attention last week, and uh, he tweeted at Flight Burbly, Philadelphia will never have one of these out of fear of our friend. And that's absolutely fucking true. Not a chance in hell Philadelphia is going to have a rat czar because our friend the rat runs this town. If Philadelphia even thinks about getting a rat czar, I will drive up to Philadelphia, Steve, and you and I will break into the state capitol and we will wreak havoc. In Philadelphia? In Philadelphia. The state capitals in Harrisburg, my friend. We will go to the state capital in Harrisburg. <laughs> and we will wreak havoc. I definitely knew that it was in Harrisburg. I mean, you're not from here, so we I think we can forgive that. Yeah. From here. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I yeah. No, I just love that there's a position called a rat czar and it's just what an absurd time but it also makes a lot of sense because new york does have just a terrible terrible rat problem i mean it's yeah it's pretty bad dc has a pretty bad too i remember me and my girlfriend went to dc to see a capitals game actually a few months ago and i think it was like january february and um we we're like walking to the game and we see like this small dog sized rat just like quickly scurry across into like this little drainage pipe. And we were like, Oh fuck. (laughs) We are in, in wild territory right now. Not what you want to see. Not, not very reassuring. I heard rats are like really smart. And I heard, I hear they make terrific pets. Actually. They, they do make great pets and they are very smart, but they're also very gross. Fucking disgusting. Yeah. Have a number of diseases and, are just and the thing about like rats and 
to, I guess, the same extent mice is they are so good at getting into places. I know. Because I've had some mouse problems in my current place. And it is just like, you're like, where the fuck are these things coming from? You just don't understand because they can like flatten themselves to get in places. It's just ridiculous. When I moved into my apartment that I'm in now, like two years ago, I remember one night I was just like watching TV and I had all the lights off except for the TV. And I just in the corner of my eye, I don't know how mice do it. They're like, it's like they know exactly where you're looking. And like they, when they move, they're so fast and you only see them in like the corner of your eye for like a Mm -hmm, split mm -hmm. second. I don't know how they know to stay out of like, like eye shot. But, um, I saw a rat or not a rat, a uh, mouse. And I was like, no, this is not happening. And I immediately got a dog (laughs) to to like, that's a good idea. Yeah. And like. Then Teddy has been keeping the rats away. So, or the uh, mice. Nice. Yeah, he's been keeping the mice away. So, when we, yeah, the, the, the plan is we, uh, darling Emily and I may be moving soon, maybe uh, homeowners soon, which is a uh, great and terrible news at the same time. But we are definitely planning on getting a dog quickly, and hopefully that will take care of any potential mouse issues in the future. I haven't seen a mouse here in a good long while. We had a Big problem when COVID was really at like its peak in COVID year one. And I think it was around Thanksgiving that year that we started seeing them. And it was this exactly the situation that you described where you saw it out of the corner of your eye. And you're like, what the fuck was that? What's going on here? It's so And weird. then they started getting very blatant with me, almost taunting me, where they would come out in plain sight in the middle of the day and just kind of like, not quite wave high at me, but you know, more or less. And just, you know, say, what's up. And then walk about doing its business. What are you doing? Why are you taunting me like this? Uh, but then I became, uh, the king of the snap trap. And, Oh yeah. I went from having like a lot of sympathy, like trying to be very humane to just saying like, fuck them mice. No, they gotta go. They gotta get all the way out of here. You gotta go. Yeah. Well, where I really reached my limit was I, and I'm going to get off the topic of mice soon because I'm sure I'm skeeving a lot of people out, but I caught one and it didn't, the trap didn't get it fully. So I was just going to release it into the wild and I put it in a bucket and it got out of the trap and it jumped out of the bucket before I could open the back door to take it out back into the alley or something. It jumped out. How is that possible? For a second, I thought you were going to say you ate it. I ate it, and I died, and I came back. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. You could not give me enough fear factor money to do that. No, thank you. Yeah, no, I couldn't do it either. I like yes. you know what? Like mice are annoying and gross, but like they are endearing little creatures. I mean, rat- and they're very smart. Yeah, ratatouille. Well, that's a rat, but still, you know what? Rats are great too. Yeah, I, I think Our they have. Rat. I think they have some redeeming qualities. Cinderella's best friends, they were mice. They were. Gus Gus. Rats can make great sauce at an Italian restaurant. The tiny chef, you know, you yeah. can control every movement under a tall chef's hat by just yanking your hairs. It's pretty amazing, honestly. And it's actually a fact. I've seen it happen in person, and I'm always amazed by it. And the food's always great before I scrub my tongue with a toothbrush. Emeril Lagasse, how do you think he got good at what he does? <laughs> sure, the guy rats. Yeti. 
Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. I mean, how do you think the donkey sauce got made? I think our friend the rat worked with Guy Fieri to create donkey sauce. Definitely. I, I don't know how else it could have happened. That's no other way it could have happened. Certainly not a, a life filled with mentors and and young uh, nostalgic memories of your mom making food in the kitchen or your dad making food in the kitchen and them teaching you. No, 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 no. This is the doing and of a rat. What what if Guy Fieri's entire personality was just created by our friend the rat? Like what what you know the decide the decision to have those spiky hair actually is covering up our friend. Uh, the blonde tips, our friend's decision. The extreme ninety sunglasses, the flame t shirts, all of it. I see no reason to think that wouldn't be one hundred percent legitimate. Our Fieri the rat. Our <laughs> that's right. Oh, my God. What a weird way to start the show. (laughs) This is a very weird way to start the show because there's a lot of hockey stuff to talk about because actual playoff time, baby. Real actual hockey, good hockey that people want to watch. Not this bullshit that the Philadelphia Flyers have been serving us for an entire season. We got Flyers exit interviews to talk about eventually on the show, but let's just get into it and let's talk about the Stanley Cup playoffs, which are underway. There are two games going on as we record right now as we record we have the rangers and the devils um which it's currently four nothing rangers and Yikes. then we got tampa toronto tampa's beating toronto 6-2 and when we started so we got on the horn with each other about a half hour ago okay it's 9:37 right now we got on the horn about like 9:05 something like that and that get, that was a close game it was, what, a one-goal game when we started? Yeah. It was like 3-2. And then all of a sudden, Tampa just started running away because of the major penalty to Michael Bunting, who is low-key a dirty, dirty player. He is not a... Yeah, he's definitely a bit um, divisive. Yeah, and we've got a couple controversial hits already. I mean, we're in the second day of the playoffs, and we've already got two very controversial hits. So this Michael Bunting, it was basically an elbow to the face, right? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then it was like it was like a shoulder to the right to the jaw. Yeah, and I think we're all familiar with that distressing uh, description for a dirty hit. Uh, noted war criminal Scott Stevens, lock him up. But <laughs> yeah. Let's said about Scott Stevens, the better. But there was also a big hit in the Wild Stars game yesterday, and that was on Matt Dumba on Joe Pavelski, right? Yes. Okay. So first things first, what is it with Joe Pavelski and just having really, really scary head injuries in the first round of a playoff series? Like, I remember in the Golden Knights' second season, in that wild Game 7 where the Sharks came back. The only reason the Sharks came back was because Cody Eakin like made Joe Pavelski basically fall over after winning a faceoff, and he hit his head on the ice and they gave him a major penalty, which is like the craziest. That is the worst major penalty I've ever seen. They totally gave the pen- the major penalty because of the result and the injury to Pavelski, but the play itself was not worthy of a major at all. So that that happened. And then last night, Matt Dumba absolutely crushed Joe Pavelski, like down towards the goal line. And they both went like flying into the boards. Joe Pavelski hit his hat on the ice again, clearly had a concussion. 
um, had to be helped off the ice. And even with like two people on each arm, he was like falling backwards. It was scary. It was scary. He got rocked. Yeah. It was really bad. And like, that's such an, a weird place to get hit too. Cause like, I don't know. Like you, you see big hits like towards the blue line and like along the boards, but like right there is like kind of an odd place to get such a massive hit. And like, I thought it was a clean hit. Like I knew it was late, but like I don't think it was a dirty hit. And people were like, "He left his feet," and he's I'm, like, "He did not leave his feet." What made him leave? What made Dumba leave his feet was the impact the, of the hit is what made it leave his feet. But like, I don't think the hit was dirty. Definitely a little late, but I wouldn't call it dirty per se. Yeah, I, I, I think it was borderline for sure. There are people acting. Like, not only was this a filthy hit, but Matt Dumba is a, a dirty, no good player, which yeah. I, I've i never heard that opinion about Matt Dumba before. And I know you covered the Wild for a couple of years there. You've seen a lot more of Matt Dumba than I have. So, you know, I don't... I didn't get the perception that that was the kind of player he was, but what, I mean, as you've seen a lot more of Matt Dumba, what do you think that's a fair perception of him? He's, I, I would not call him dirty by any stretch. He likes to throw some big hits. Um, he definitely doesn't shy away from contact or anything, but like calling him dirty just seems like, I don't know. That just seems like a real stretch to me because he just, I don't know. I, I don't think he has enough of a history to be considered a dirty player. Right, right. Like, I feel like right now people are calling him like Brad Marchand or something when Brad Marchand was really dirty. And I just, yeah, I don't know. I don't see that at all. Like, I I feel like you always see that opinion come up when there is somebody at the end of just a kind of devastating play like that. Like, you'll see somebody who wasn't known as a dirty player. I've seen this on the Flyers end before where there have been Flyers that dished out, like... I don't even know if they were big hits, but just like plays that ended with somebody unfortunately getting really seriously injured and then being labeled a dirty player when it was like not even like a consequential player. There's one guy I'm trying to remember. I can't really think of it offhand. I'm going to try to look it up, but it was like a flyer on a Bruin and Bruins fans are like, that guy's so dirty. And I'm like, I know he's like a third pairing defenseman or like a lower six guy. I can't remember why I brought this up. Was because uh, Andy Strickland, who is a writer for the the St. Louis Blues, had tweeted out earlier today that Matt Dumba is one of the most reckless D-men slash hitters in the NHL. And I just didn't think that was a very fair assessment, but I also just didn't really know one way or the other if that was actually true or not. Right, yeah. It's like, I don't know. Here's here's another example. I remember, and this is a totally different sport, but... I remember when the Eagles beat the Patriots, Tom Brady and the Patriots, 41 to 33 in the Super Bowl. 42? 52? What Super Bowl Wait, was which, that? What happened? So basically, Malcolm, so Brandon Cooks caught the ball and he was like running after the catch. Malcolm Jenkins came like so close to literally killing him. With like a massive hit. oh oh the Eagles the Eagles Patriots Super Bowl yeah yeah, yeah. I did, dude I completely like I was trying to look up that Flyers like hit from a few years back that Bruins fans had labeled dirty and I just kind of blanked for a second but yes uh 
I believe that was 52. Yeah. So Yes, it was 52. And I remember so many fans were like, Malcolm Jenkins is so dirty. I'm like, since when? What did he ever do that was dirty? And that hit was clean. He wasn't even given a penalty. It was a clean hit. It was just hard. Okay. So I did find out what the hit in question was. And the dirty player from the Philadelphia Flyers was Randy Jones, who was not a consequential enough player that I would ever even call him a dirty player. And it was a hit on Patrice Bergeron, who has gone on to have a uh, very long and fruitful career, thankfully, and is now taking a huge pay cut to play for the Boston Bruins this season. Not jealous about that at all. But Randy Jones, I mean, you want to talk about a footnote in NHL and Flyers history, you know, and it's not a guy I would think of as... A, a dirty player and I just thought that was like, ridiculous that he was being labeled as such you know what else is a great example of this when Claude Giroux absolutely destroyed Chris Letang I think it was during the playoffs with like a reverse hit Christopher Letang Christopher Letang Steve and all these Penguins fans were like he's so dirty I'm like what are you even talking about dude like now that makes a little more sense because Penguins fans are just like they'll say anyone on the Flyers is dirty because they're delusional for sure we'll also say anybody on the Penguins is dirty because it's true yeah well yeah (laughs) that's true but like looking at this hit I just don't see how it's dirty at all and they started coining Giroux as a dirty player and I'm just like okay all right let's let's go to bed now let's go to bed now let's take it easy no more yeah no more talking you've had too much caffeine you've had too much sugar dear yeah yeah (laughs) no but like I yeah I just don't know if that's a fair assessment but I you know it is crazy that we're you know, on the second day of NHL playoff action, and we've already seen a couple just very controversial hits. And it won't be the end either. Like, there's going to be a lot more of these, and especially, and I, I cannot wait for game two, or honestly, just the rest of this Wild Stars season, or uh, series. It, if game one was any indication, this series is going to be out of control. It was so much fun, that game. Yeah, and I didn't even get to catch that one because it started late and I decided to watch the Edmonton LA game, or at least the first like period of that, and I missed that all was the also stuff a good in the game. game. Yeah. 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 Well let's let's go through some of the series. So I mean, we're already talking about it. Edmonton LA. So game one was last night. I went to bed, Edmonton was up two nothing. Yep. And they had lots of opportunities to score a third goal. And like LA had a bad start in that game. And you think, okay, you give Edmonton a 2 nothing lead at home, a lot of shot attempts, they are going to blow you away in that game, and they absolutely did not. The LA Kings got their bearings and won that game in overtime, and Edmonton, a lot of people were thinking this might be the year for them, and it still might be the year for them to make a run in the West, because the West is weak this year. It absolutely is wide open, but that's not a good start against the Kings. That is a game you really can't lose at home. Yeah, no, they have to they have to win that game. And I'll be honest, I'm one of the people that thinks Edmonton wins it this year. I legit think that they're going to win the Stanley Cup. I have them actually winning it over the Boston Bruins. So, yeah, I'm one of those McDavid believers cuz he dude, him and Drysdale have been I mean mainly McDavid, but both of them have been so incredible this year that like how can you bet against them right now? Um 
they can both just take over a game. And, like, it's just – I don't know. The rest of the team is going to have to step up in this series and for the rest of the playoffs for that to be – for them to win the cup. But I've heard this song before. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. But it's only game one of the series. And I, I feel like the Oilers have been, like, better this year at getting secondary scoring than in years past. So, I don't know. I, I feel like – I just feel like the Oilers, like, yeah, they lost game one. They should have won. But I still, I'm not, I'm still not betting against them, honestly. Okay. Okay. I mean, I pick the Oilers in the BSH bracket to go to the finals. So we'll see if they make it. But that's a rough start. So we'll have to see. I think it's going to be a good series. I really think it will. I mean, I think this has got to go six or seven games. I'm thinking, yeah, at first I was thinking it could go to five games because I just think McDavid's on a mission. But after last night, eh, maybe not. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know. LA is an interesting, they're kind of a scrappy team kind of figuring things out, you know, like uh, I just put a couple bucks down on them to win the division this year and they didn't, but they were more in the mix than I think a lot of people expected them to be. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I'm still not sold on their goaltending either. Like, Corpusalo, no. like, yeah. I'm <laughs> they got not... Corpusalo at the trade deadline as an afterthought. Like, not exactly the guy you want to be your rock heading into the playoffs. Yeah, like, uh, I don't know. Now, granted, both teams have issues with goaltending. Like, Stuart Skinner and Corpusalo are the two are the two goalies in this series, and it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. This is not exactly the goaltending showcase here. No, not by any means. So, no. Yeah, but at least score some more goals there. So, Okay, so we're both thinking the Oilers come oh, out. Oh, real quick. Did you see that move McDavid put on where he just cut through the entire Kings team? Oh, he, yeah. If he had scored that goal, if he had finished, that would have already been the goal of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, he's no, he He is... I I want the Oilers to succeed just because Connor McDavid is the best player in the NHL and I want that to be on the national showcase. I yeah, want me too. the world to see exactly the best the NHL has to offer because I that's how you got to grow the game. You got to show the best your game has. Yeah. No, exactly. And like McDavid, what's the furthest he's been? Did did they even make it? Did, I think they made it to the conference finals last year. Did they? I can't remember. I don't recall, to be honest with you. I'll have to look up the the playoffs from last year and see yeah. how that worked out. But regardless, like, he needs to be in the Stanley Cup final. Like, if the if McDavid doesn't play in a Stanley Cup final, like, soon, he's going to ask for a trade. How do you not? I would love to see him traded. I would love it, too. Gretzky got traded. Why not McDavid? You know? Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, anybody could get traded, but uh, I, I mean, I can't even imagine the haul that you would have to put together to make that trade. Oh, it'd it's be just amazing. absurd. I want to see it so, so bad. Yeah. Last year, the Oilers did make the Western Conference Finals against the Colorado Avalanche. Okay. All right. Yeah. So they got there, and I, I, I do think that you, I want to see them make it because I want the game to be showcased because... One of the problems with the NHL is the playoffs, phenomenal, phenomenal play, right? Like, the playoffs is great. I think it's the best playoff in all of sports. Yes. But it also stifles some of the more exciting elements of the game because teams play such tight defense, because teams are just 
on top of each other and everybody's so locked in, you don't really see as many of those highlight reel McDavid goals, you know? Yeah, no, you don't see them as much, but like, it feels like this year is going to be different. I feel like McDavid's just going sicko mode this entire postseason. Like he started wanna, with as a, as an NHL sicko wearing my sicko shirt. I want to see him go sicko mode. I so desperately want to see him just go absolutely nuclear on everybody. Sickos, sicko. Now, let's talk about the Colorado Avalanche and the Seattle Kraken. So our good friend Dave Hackstall has brought the Seattle Kraken to the playoffs in his second year. I know that's going to stress a lot of Flyers fans out seeing that. But, uh, I, you know, I've kind of forgiven Dave. Dave is who he was, you know, is what it is. Mr. Windsurfer himself. I, I just don't, really don't care about Dave. him, like, at I, uh, all. I get, you know, it's not not worth my my anger at the end of the day and good for him good for the kraken i don't think they're going to beat the avalanche but the avalanche have had a lot of injury issues this year and they're not quite the same team that marched its way to the cup last year yeah landeskog like it's a big one out the whole year not playing in the playoffs kind of makes you wonder what's happening next for him but yeah like they have had like crazy injury luck like almost as bad as the flyers um, or possibly worse. Um, it's been really bad for them. And like, that's like, so I have the abs winning, but I have them winning in six. Like, I think that series is going to be closer than people think because like Seattle's not a bad team. Like they're, they've been doing quite well this year. It's a hell of a year two step, you know, like we can't all be the Vegas golden Knights who yeah. had immediate success. And I, I still can't explain the golden Knights immediate success because that wasn't, that was a team that you look at on paper and you go, how I know it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to this day, but you know, and that was an illusion. The Kraken, this is incredible progress to make the cup or make the playoffs in your second year. I mean, and again, not a roster. That's really something you look at and you're wowed by anything. Oh, wow. But pretty solid. And again, the hell of a year. Yeah. I think the, um, uh, the golden Knights, owner i think when they first came into the league i think he he made like a prediction i think he wanted to do like playoffs in two cup in six or something like that and then obviously they exceeded the playoff portion of that easily but yeah i mean seattle could be who knows maybe they're on track for that i have no idea but yeah definitely definitely an impressive uh second season for the the, uh, the crackheads in seattle the crackheads what what a name there. What a name. It's so good. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh, how about Dallas Stars and Minnesota Wild? So, real, real nail-biter last night going into overtime. And I think about as evenly matched of a series as there is here. I, I gave the edge to Dallas in my predictions, but I really think this could go either way. So, believe it or not, I know the wild won last night in overtime. I did not see the final goal. I did not see Hartman's game winner because I had to go to bed and wake up for work. Uh, That's that's why I didn't see that the Edmonton Oilers lost that game until I woke up this morning. Cause I was just like, I I need to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) But I still have the stars winning the series. 
Yeah, it's one game, and I mean they lost in overtime. You know, it's not like they got smoked or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I I also have the Dallas Stars winning this series. I think it's going to be tight though. I think this might go all seven. I I don't know. I it's the wild we're talking about here. So there's a like a definite choke on the horizon. So we'll have to see what happens there. But like, <laughs> I feel like I, I don't know. I could see it being. I could see the Stars just coming back and winning like four straight. Because, like, dude, Ottinger is so good. Ottinger's he, really good. He is so unbelievable. And, if like, he's consistent, too. And I feel like if he just can keeps that up, they it's going to be so hard for Minnesota to, like, add any more wins in this series. So, I don't know. I don't know what will happen. But I'm definitely taking Dallas, and I'm not – like, I, I'm putting – I would put money down on Dallas. Okay, okay. So you don't think that evenly matched. You think Dallas has got this in the bag. Cautiously optimistic, yes, I will say. I think they have it in the bag. I think they win in at least, I should say at most, six. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have to see if we can hold you to that in a couple weeks. It would be cool if Minnesota won. I would like that. Like, that would be fun. Because, like, Minnesota is like, you know, it's the state of hockey and all that. And like Kaprizov rules. I love watching he's Kaprizov. Awesome. Yeah. He's so good. Um, they got Flurry and like, I don't know. It just seems like a really, it, it's a fun team they have up there right now. And um, I'd like to see them go deep because like, frankly, Minnesota fans deserve it. I, I will go on record. Minnesota wild fans are, I think they're some of the best in the NHL because they are just so loyal all the time. And their team is just so bad to just, like, mediocre at best. It's such a crime that their franchise was ever taken away from them in the first place and moved to Dallas. I know. Yeah. It's crazy. And moved to the team they're playing right now. Like, it's just a crime that that ever happened. Like, there's just certain places, like... I can't believe the NHL abandoned Winnipeg. They abandoned right. Quebec and they abandoned Minnesota. Just like craziness. But, you know, that's how the NHL is run. But no, I'm glad the Wild exist. And I am glad that the fan base is so into them. And, you know, I just don't think this is going to be the year. But Kirill really is something else. He's so good. He's exactly what Minnesota fans were hoping he would be. And, like, it's so rare that a player, like, lives up to, like, unbelievable hype. And, like, he did it. And, like, I don't know. How many players have, like, lived up to, like, massive hype over the last few? Like, Connor McDavid. McDavid, Matthews. Matthews. Kaprizov. Jack Hughes is starting to. He started. It took him a while, though. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. Jack Hughes had some bumps in the road, but like. Like Matthews, was... McDavid, and Kaprizov immediately were amazing. Like yeah. their first game on the ice, they were incredible. Like arguably the best player on their team as soon as they stood on the ice. Well, I guess we're going with Dallas in this one. And that, that you know, Dallas sucks, but it looks like they're it the better does team suck. That's true. in this scenario. But let's talk about the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets, which is another series that I, I think it seems like the Vegas Golden Knights would be the slam dunk pick. But Connor Hellyabuck is the Winnipeg Jets goaltender, and he's pretty damn good. He, like, I know the Vesna probably comes down to him and Allmark in Boston. I think Allmark's going to win it just because he had, like, 
his year was crazy. And the Boston, the Bruins were just out of control. Just but, an absolute steamroller of a team. Yeah. But the Jets were, like, not good after the first, like, once it got to, like, the new year. Like, once 2020, like, after, like, once J- January began, the Jets were just, like, not that. They had a really good start to the year, and everyone was like, oh, wow, the Jets. And I, I remember a lot of people came into the season thinking they were going to suck because of all the, like, reported locker room problems that were going on up there. And they like totally surpassed everybody's expectations and they looked like a legit cup contender. And then it looked like at one point they weren't even going to make the playoffs. And it's like, Oh, okay. And so Vegas has been good all year long and they have questions in net. Like I think Laurent Brossois is their starting goalie for the series, which is like, not great, but yeah, no, that's not exactly the position you want to be in. But they have so much talent on that team, like a ridiculous amount of talent. Like, and they just got Mark Stone back. They got Mark Stone back, and this is the first time we're going to see playoff Jack Eichel, which I'm really excited to like see how he responds. I know people had problems with Jack Eichel and his exit from Buffalo, but yeah. this is an incredibly talented dude, and. And this is the reason he left Buffalo is because he's like, I want the playoffs. Not only that, but also, you know, we're talking the whole surgery issue and getting the surgery he wanted. And like, well, there's a lot of issues that go into it. But yeah, he wanted the playoffs. He wants to be in the spotlight. He wants to be here. And I want to see what he can do because he's got a ton of talent. Obviously, he's not Connor McDavid, right? But like, the dude can fucking play. He can puck, right? This guy pucks. And. I want to see what the hell he can do in the playoffs. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think that game actually, as we're recording, I think it just started. And I would laugh very hard if he's already scored a goal. I kind of hope he has. (laughs) Well, we've got the just pathetic Tampa Bay-Toronto game, which Tampa Bay is now up 7-3 to in (laughs) after all that. It's just not... It's so it has not been good. It's been a terrible, terrible showcase for the Tampa Bay or for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And home game losing seven to three, and there's still ten minutes left in this game, so a lot could change. But I very much doubt that Vasilevsky's going to let up four goals in the third period. Honestly, every single game for the Eastern Conference series have been trash. Like they've <laughs> all been bad. The Western Conference has been great. So like. Part of me wants to stay up late tonight and watch Vegas, Winnipeg, and Colorado, Seattle. Just record them all and then wake up super early and watch them then. Yeah. Yeah, I could do that too. So. It's not as fun as being bleary-eyed and just like, you know. There's something, there's something about something the special. Yeah, there's something about the misery of like staying up to watch triple overtime at 2 a.m. and knowing in the back of your head like, oh, tomorrow's going to suck. Like there's something that I love about that. And I don't know oh, what absolutely. it is, but... Because we all love misery and pain. And I mean... that's what it is. Yeah. No, I, one of my fondest hockey memories is the Flyers 5 OT game against the Pittsburgh Penguins in the early 2000s. And I always just remember, because I was in high school when that happened, and I was just so exhausted but happy the next day because they won that game. Keith Primo scored the fucking goal. Keith Primo, one of the best goals in Flyers history. And I remember turning to somebody while we were opening our lockers and 
we both gave like a kind of a happy, exhausted nod at each other because we yeah. both realized that we both were exhausted for staying up to watch the end of that Flyers game. What time did that game end? Oh my god, at least two in the morning. Like it was it was late. Let's see. Flyers five OT game end time. Just uh, what an unbelievable game. And so the puck dropped at 7:38 p.m. Let's see if it says when it ended. Just a, what a marathon. One of my favorite games. It might be I don't know. Maybe my favorite game of all time. Uh, it's unbelievable. Let's see. What time did it end? 2.35 a.m. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 2.35 a.m. I mean, there's so many great stories from that game about them, like, ordering pizzas and everything. And they, like, ran out of food. They ran out of food. I can't believe people stayed around for it. It's just one of the greatest marathons in NHL history. And it's just so damn tired the next day because, you know high school you're not waking up at like (laughs) this isn't work from home where i'm waking up at like the last minute and logging on to chat this is like you're waking up early you're begrudgingly going in you can't call out a high school i mean you can but i wouldn't recommend it so when i was in high school i watched a lot more college basketball than i do now and i at the time like i guess i'm still a syracuse fan cuz like i'm from syracuse and my dad's like a syracuse super fan um oh, wow. and so i watched a lot of syracuse basketball games when i was in high school and i remember watching the six overtime game against i think villanova and Syracuse won and I remember like staying up so late to watch the whole game and my mom would keep screaming at me from bed Ryan go to bed and I'm just like (laughs) fuck you I'm watching this game nothing is stopping me now um like a six overtime game in in basketball is like wild because like so much has to happen to like keep the game tied at the end of overtime like that was a wild wild game like a hockey game People just have to not score. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's all There's a lot of factors that goes into a basketball game going overtime like that. I mean, that Flyers game is still just insane because there were so many times you thought it was over. So many times. I'm it wrong. Close. It wasn't Villanova. It was UConn. Excuse me. UConn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I mean, I God, it's just I'm smiling even thinking about the game. It's just such a ridiculous game. And that Keith Primo goal. I could see it. If I close my eyes, I can still like recreate it in my mind. My mental image of that game, that goal is crystal clear. Yeah. JJ's call of it. You can tell he's just like so hyped to go home and sleep. <laughs> like Everybody just wanted to sleep. Like, yeah. We were just happy to sleep. And the thing was like those guys were just, they might as well have been wearing sandbags on their legs because oh, yeah. they just had no juice left in them. And then Primo, for whatever reason, at that moment, got some juice in him, was like, all right, I can do this, and just makes a sick fucking move to score that goal. And, man, they don't make him like that anymore, do they? They don't. What a king. <laughs> what a king. Uh, all right, let's get back to talking about current NHL hockey. And, you know, let's talk about the Tampa Bay-Toronto series because that's on this game 
will not end even though it's seven to three and another one so i feel like this is a very evenly matched series i think this is i don't know who's gonna win it this was a real coin flip for me when i was filling out my bracket i went with tampa bay but it could easily be toronto so hot take i'm still taking toronto to win this series because i think they have to like the 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 leafs have yeah, to win. It, it has been said before about the Leafs having to win this series. If they don't win this series, they're blowing it up. They have no other option. Like, this is the end of the road. Like, I think um, this is the last year of Kyle Duba's contract. If that's the case, sorry, Danny. <laughs> Bring in the boy genius. Yeah. Well, ask the people in Pittsburgh, and apparently Duba's is going to go to Pittsburgh. But... Well, they think everybody's going there. I know. But, d- dude... I feel like Toronto, like granted, this is a horrific start to the series, but like, I do think they'll bounce back and maybe they won't. I don't know, but I kind of That's feel a bad pretty for rough Toronto. opening like loss right there to get just absolutely annihilated on your home ice. Yeah. I, I just feel bad for Toronto because like they've just sucked for so long and they haven't gotten out of the first round since 2004. And it's just like, damn, like that really blows. <laughs> Well, and this is also a playoff matchup that I don't think should be happening because this also happened last year. And this is largely in part because of the NHL's just incredibly fucked up playoff system, right? Because so what would the standings be if they had a normal one through eight in the conference? Like Boston would be one, Carolina would be two, and then Toronto would be three, and they probably would be playing the Rangers, if that was the case, and that it would be lightning devils. And granted, I'm very excited to be seeing devils Rangers, like very 1994 of them, but it's real bullshit. that Toronto scored 111 points this year. And there are actually, actually New Jersey had 112. So New Jersey, maybe it would be the same. No, no, no. New Jersey would be playing Tampa Bay then. And either way, Toronto like those are the Rangers. Those would all be good series either way. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. But like, it really should be, you know, it just, I don't like how it works out where Toronto and Tampa Bay have to play each other just because they're in the same division. Yeah. And granted, Tampa Bay did have less points than the Rangers, but I don't know. It's just Tampa Bay also kind of plays on cheat mode, you know, like they, they're the game genie. Yeah, no, 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 you're right, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Tampa it, like, Bay has been there, done that. Like, this is, you know, a team that they kind of play like, oh, no, I'm hurt, and then all of a sudden they are just like, it's The Undertaker, right? The Undertaker is that famous, like, clip where he's got the cast on his leg, right, and then he just stands up. It's like the video of the old is that guy. Is The Undertaker or is that another? I don't know wrestlers that well. Who is the guy in the cast? In the cast. Like he's got the leg cast on in the wheelchair and then he stands up and there's no, like, uh, he can stand up normally. Stone Cold? Maybe? It, I don't know. Is it Stone Cold? I'll, I'll look it up. I'm thinking of the uh, the meme of like the old guy in the wheelchair and he's like, call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> and he pulls out like a gun. And that's that's Tampa Bay right there. Yeah. Every yeah. year. Yeah. Okay, wheelchair. They have successfully found the loophole of how to get through the whole fake cast LTI. it's kevin nash it's kevin nash oh okay kevin nash great clip i don't know wrestling and i apologize for saying it was the undertaker i know what the undertaker looks like i'm not that oblivious but 
great clip regardless like that's a team that i don't want to play in the playoffs just because they're so freaking experienced at this point and they're so talented and they just you know they 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 know the loopholes right there you just like even though tampa's like the team's getting older and i don't know how they have energy to be playing in the playoff like after three straight well Three straight years of getting to the final. I don't know what they did. The I can't remember what they did the year before that. Oh, that was the one. <laughs> the year before that was the sweep. So um, to Columbus, but three oh, straight yeah. years of getting to the three straight years of getting to the final, and I just don't know how they have this energy. But you can't bet against Tampa. I I didn't actually bet because I don't bet on sports. But like I have Toronto winning, but like. You're, no one would think you're a fool if you're picking Tampa to win this. Like I do yeah. bet on sports, and I wasn't touching this series. Yeah. Like, the series I touched, right? I touched the Boston series against Florida, because Boston's fucking amazing. Uh, I touched Carolina, the Islanders, because Carolina's really good, and I don't really think much of the Islanders. And I think I begrudgingly put something on the Oilers and Kings, but I didn't feel great about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I assume you bet for the Oilers, right? I did, yeah, did. but it was yeah. begrudgingly. I would bet for the team with the McDavid too. So, but it's it's it hasn't worked for the past few years. I don't know. I don't feel great about it. We'll see. Though. Yeah, yeah. We shall see. Now, could you imagine if both the Oilers and Leafs lose in the first? Like, oh, very easily. That that has the potential <laughs> for both franchises to like have some serious come to Jesus moments. And like, I think that would be a lot of fun. It would be fun, but we, that's all we've also been saying that, okay, this is going to be the reckoning year for this franchise. And it hasn't been. Yeah. And I don't know what it's going to take for either of these teams. Cause the problem is who do you trade out of those elite players? Right? Like, do you trade William Nylander? Do you trade Mitch Marner? I don't want to trade either of those guys. I, I wouldn't, but like, who knows? Like, what if they just like galaxy brain themselves into doing some crazy shit? You know, if they fire Dubas or if, not, if they just part ways with Dubas, like that's very much a possibility because you could oh my bring God. in like just some nincompoop who says we gotta blow shit up. What if the Leafs fire Kyle Dubas? And they think, and they say, we need to hire someone who's going to make us tough and hard to play against. We need an experienced hand at the wheel. And then they hire Chuck Fletcher. Somebody who knows how to make not one, but two trades. Two. <laughs> and then he trades both Marner and Nylander. And Matthews goes to Arizona, where he lives, where he belongs, where he's from. Oh, my God. They, they're never going to trade Matthews. That guy is the fucking face of the franchise right there with his just gross mustache. I would love it so much. Oh, man. So wait, who are you gonna, are you, you're taking Toronto in the series ultimately? I, I'm I'm still taking Toronto in seven. I took Tampa I Bay and I, I'm sticking with it. So we'll see what happens on this front. But I don't really feel I don't, I don't know. It could go either way. This is a great series. I'm really hoping yeah. for some just crazy hockey coming out of this one. That's the, and that's the beauty of the entire first round. I just want madness from every series. I don't care. Honestly, unless, you know, uh, unless there's a team that I just really, really am a huge fan of watching. I just want all the chaos to happen. So, yeah, 
Yeah. No, I'm, I'm team chaos for sure. Now, let's talk about the the overdogs here, the Boston Bruins. They're playing the Florida Panthers. Does Florida have a chance in hell? No. No. Alex Lyon <laughs> was a net for them last night. Yeah. I I feel bad for Alex Lyon. Like it's Florida's just not good enough. Like I did put in my predictions, which you can find on brushroothockey.com, that I do think this series might be a little closer than people think. I actually have it going to six because I just have a feeling Matthew Kachuk is just going to go off. He's been amazing all year long, and I just wouldn't be surprised if he just kind of wills his team to a couple wins because, like, Florida can score. Like, they, like, we talk about liking chaos. Like, Florida's a very chaotic team where just, like, crazy shit happens in all their games. I wouldn't be shocked if they win a couple. Like, maybe just, like, squeak a couple out. Um, but like they're not winning the series, like definitely not. No, I can't imagine they do. With Alex Lyon, with Sergei Bavrovsky, it doesn't matter who's in net because neither option's that good. And Florida's, I mean, do they have a defense? You know, like they have some really great offensive players, but they don't really have a defense. I, last year was Florida's year to do it, and they missed the opportunity. Boston's too deep, too damn good. Pasternak, Marchand. Bergeron, you know, all those fucking perfection guys. And they've just, they've got Krejci, who made one more run for this. McAvoy, Lena Solmark has been just outstanding for them. What a find. Yeah, no no chance at all. Sorry, Florida. Steve, we're forgetting a very, very important uh, component to take into consideration here. What's that? Dadco Gouda's baby. Dadco Gudas, there you go. Dadco Gudas. Hey, the man can grow a great beard. He can. That's pretty much all he's got going for him. He can hate guys. He can sure as shit. If there was one guy they accused of actually being dirty from the Flyers a few years back, I would, would probably begrudgingly be yeah. admit some Radko Gudas hits 100. <laughs> yeah, I would admit yeah. that too. He, yeah. Still, the worst fight I've ever seen in person was when Radko Gudas got Superman punched. <laughs> Oh, who, that was Kevin Bieksa, wasn't it? Was it was Bieksa, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We were in the stadium, 200 levels. Like, we bought, like, cheap-ass seats that night on StubHub. And we were real hyped when they <laughs> dropped those gloves. And yeah. when he went down on one punch, we're like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. I thought you were going to say that was the worst fight you've ever seen. And I was about to say, uh, we know what the worst fight we've ever seen is. And that's when Travis Sanheim got beat up by the four foot six uh, Nathan Gerby. Yeah, it wasn't good. I also saw a number of Braden Shen fights that were pretty bad. But the oh, worst yeah, I've seen not. in person was definitely that, that good as Superman punch. The bra- The fight... The horrible Braden Shen fight that I remember most is when he tried to fight. Um, oh God, how am I forgetting? Oh, Kovalchuk. Oh yeah, that's Kovalchuk right. Kovalchuk owned him, dude. It was bad. That's pretty bad. Real if bad. If Kovalchuk yeah. is owning you, that's that's pretty damn bad. Yeah, Braden. He Shen, just like swung Shen around. Like outstanding was... power play player, not a yeah. fighter. Not at all. But he no. sure as shit tried. He sure tried. Let's talk about the Carolina Hurricanes and the New York Islanders. That's another. Do they have a chance in hell? Do the Islanders have a chance in hell? They have a small chance, but Carolina's a damn good team, even missing some of their big guns here. Yeah, I think the Islanders do have a chance just because they do play like that really, like like that heavy suppression type game. 
if they had Barry Trotz still organizing that heavy suppression, I would be more of a believer in them than I am. Yeah. I still don't think they win the series. And honestly, I think Carolina, I just think Carolina is like just head and shoulders better. I think they win in five. Yeah, I think you're right. I just really don't see the series being much of a anything, really. Yeah, no, not at all. Lastly, that brings us to the New Jersey Devils and the New York Rangers, the, the old mid-90s, the Devils series. And <laughs> I think we're all excited to see this, but the Rangers whoop the Devils' ass on home ice tonight. That is a real terrible start for the Devils, and... I mean, they're a young team, so there's definitely going to be some bumps in the road, but I think we were all expecting kind of a, a knockdown drag out battle, a war here between these two teams and not the start that the Devils wanted. Is it really home ice for the Devils? Oh my God, there were so many Rangers fans. Yeah. Like there were a ton of Rangers fans. How many Devils fans are there really? Because, you know, like the, the weirdest market because... New York has two teams. There's Philadelphia, which owns most of South Jersey as far as fandom goes. So really, the only people that are like hardcore Devils fans are like pockets of North Jersey. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Like, in part, I'm sure there's going to be a ton of uh, Devils fans at MSG when the series goes there. But like... I don't know. Like that, it doesn't really feel like <laughs> there's any home ice advantage for the Devils right now. And well, and I feel like the Devils fan base is just, they're not what they were and they weren't much, but like they, they're yeah. not what they were back in like the nineties and early two thousands where it felt like there were a lot more of them than there are currently because I mean, they were a, the most successful franchise in the NHL during that period. They, they could get back to that point because like they're at the very beginning of like their resurgence. So like maybe fans are like still like, Oh shit. Like we're good. I wasn't ready for that. You know what I mean? Like it I wasn't be. ready to start supporting this team again, but I just don't think there's that many devils fans. Cause who gives a shit, right? Yeah. There's not a ton of them. It's just, again, it's tough because they're, they're stuck between three markets. I mean, in even four, if you consider Pittsburgh, you know, cause I think three quarters of Pennsylvania is like Pittsburgh fans. Technically. Yeah, no, I agree. But anyway, how do we feel about the actual hockey in this series, the Devils and Rangers? I mean, the Devils, we talked about Jack Hughes, and they have a lot of exciting players. I mean, Dougie Hamilton, a guy I'm eternally jealous of them getting, and they've got a lot of talent, but the Rangers have a lot of talent too, and they have a Norris-winning defenseman. I have the series going to se- I originally had the series going to seven, so I might as well just stick with it, and I had the Devils winning. Which, like, if that does not seem likely now, I mean, the way the Rangers played tonight, it just feels like... It's one game, They're though. probably... I know, it's one game. And it's the same thing I was saying earlier about Toronto and, and Tampa. But, like, boy, it sure, it sure didn't look great for New Jersey tonight. So I'm thinking, like, maybe now, realistically, the game, the series will probably go to, like, five or six. But my prediction is that Devils win in seven. I would love to see that happen. I ended up going with the Rangers in this one, and it was mainly based on the fact that the Rangers had the goaltending. You know, I I really just think the Rangers have, they don't have the best defense out there, but they have Fox, who's great. 
And they have Shesterkin. And Shesterkin alone, I think, was uh, enough of an advantage for me. And also, let's not forget the fact that they traded for Patrick Kane. They traded for Tarasenko. Uh, they've already got Panarin. So they've got a ton of talent on that team. Again, not that the Devils don't have talent, but I think they're just a, they're not ready for primetime players over there. Right. And you're right about the goal. Like, Vanacek did not look great tonight at all. No, Shesterkin no. looked money. Shesterkin looked amazing. Shesterkin's a really freaking good goaltender, and that's why I ultimately decided to go with... Like, if people are picking the Winnipeg Jets in their series with the Golden Knights, it's because of the goaltending. And goaltending makes yeah. a huge difference in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Vanacek... And it's the same thing with the Islanders. Like, the Islanders have Sorokin. So yeah. it's like... Yeah. Yeah. But the uh, so Vanacek's save percentage tonight was eight eighteen. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. Eighteen for twenty two. That's not not a very good night for him over there. And the Devils outshot the Rangers, but you could also say a lot of that was because the Rangers had a lead and they just kind of sat on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. They didn't really need to generate much offense late in the game. So right now, I think most people are thinking the Boston Bruins are pretty much a lock for the Stanley Cup final. I mean, Carolina could certainly stand in their way. Uh, Toronto or Tampa Bay could give them fits, but like, I think Boston's got a pretty good path to making it in. I have Boston going, but I legit think a number of, like, I truly believe Toronto could beat them. I truly believe Tampa. That would could exercise that. a lot of demons from Toronto. It would. I don't think there's. Like, a ch- I actually think Toronto's got no chance of beating them. I think Tampa's got a chance of beating them. If Toronto wins this first round series, I think they are going to be so just like, like that monkey's going to be off their back, and they're just going to be fucking, just feeling like themselves, and they're just going to go ham against Boston. Like, I'm not saying they're going to like you know, sweet Boston or anything, but like I legit feel like they could beat Boston in the second round. Well, if they win this series, I, I really feel I like I don't think that at all. I really think that Toronto will get destroyed by Boston if they end up facing them. But, uh, you know, we'll find out on that front. I think Carolina could beat Boston, but I'm a little bit know. like, I don't believe in it. Well, the reason I, I have my doubts right now is because of them. It was if Svechnikov went down. Like, that really was yeah. a big loss for the Carolina Hurricanes. But they have they have a great system in place. And that would be the main reason to still believe in that team. Because they're well coached. Because they have a good system. And because their personnel has just been so smartly picked out to work with that system. If they had a... If, like, Svechnikov hadn't gotten hurt, I would probably pick them to go to the cup final but oh i still wouldn't have picked them to go to the cup over boston to be honest with you boston's just fucking good man like historic regular season it's just such a deep roster i don't think any i it was the easiest year i've ever had picking a bracket because i was like boston 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 i just they're so good i don't know Everyone thought the same thing about Tampa a few years ago. Dude, until somebody beats Boston, I'm saying Boston. They had the best regular season of all time. Someone's going to beat Boston. Like It's why? not like they're going to just... Why? Tell me because why. Tell me one reason the... hockey-related why somebody could beat the Boston Bruins. Like, you mean in a series? Yes. Because it's happened Where are before. They weak? I mean... 
Tell me where they're weak. That's what I got to know. I mean, they're not. They're not weak at all. But like, That's why I'm picking them for the cup. They're not weak. But people thought Tampa wasn't weak either. But that doesn't mean anything. That's just because somebody, just because yeah, like. It, does, it sets precedent. But it doesn't mean like anything. The Tampa happen. Bay Lightning doesn't mean anything about the Boston Bruins this year. No, but like it, there is precedent for like a historically good team to lose early in the playoffs, you know? But it don't mean anything. It means no, it's but possible, it, it but shows, it doesn't mean it it's... shows that it's possible. It shows that it's possible. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I'm saying it's highly unlikely. And I agree. I don't think it's likely, but I'm I, I'm not going to sit here and say that like no one can possibly beat Boston. I'm just saying uh, it's very. I think they're fucking good, man. Like I just don't. They're amazing. See, I don't see anybody beating them. Like I know people can beat them. I don't see anybody beating them. Like, I don't see – if Colorado is at full power, I think that's a team – They could, yeah. And I still hope Colorado makes it to the cup final. I hope it's Colorado or Edmonton because that's going to be a fun fucking cup final if they play against Boston. But I don't know. I don't think Edmonton's deep enough to take on Boston right now. I don't think they have the goaltending. I think their defense is way better with Matias Ekholm, but it's still not where it has to be. The only teams I think that can beat Boston in this playoffs are Toronto, Tampa, and Edmonton. That's it. I don't think anyone else can beat them. I think Colorado, if if, if the conditions are right, but I don't know. I don't know about current Colorado. I don't, I don't think. I think. Right, yeah. I think Carolina's got a better chance than than Toronto. I really don't believe in the Toronto Maple Leafs winning the cup. I just don't think with their current makeup that they're. I think they've got all the scoring in the world, but they still just don't have the stuff for the playoffs. And that's namely the defense and the goaltending. Yeah. I, I just, it's so hard to say after like one game and like, I'm a going really a lot on the game. I'm going a lot on the, the regular season though. And also Toronto is a team. You want to talk historical precedents. I've seen the historical precedence for the Toronto Maple Leafs because it's largely the same team for the past few years, and I just don't see it with this team. Yeah, but, like, at some point, something has to give. Like, either Boston's going to collapse or Toronto's going to rise up or something. Like, something... See, this is the last to, ride of the Boston Bruins. trend has to be Bruins. broken. <laughs> this is the last yeah. ride of this Boston Bruins team. I mean, they, this is Bruce a team that done is after this year. balls to the wall. Krejci's probably done, too. And yeah. granted, they're still going to have David Posternock. They're still going to have Brad Marchand. They're still going to be a fucking good hockey team. But like, they are going to mi- you know miss a couple of the big pieces that could definitely change the makeup of the team. Maybe they'd be interested in I don't know Kevin Hayes or Sean Couturier or somebody. Oh wow! No, I don't want to trade Coots there. Oh God! Could, oh, could, could you imagine? Steve? He would, he, dude. You want to talk about Kevin Nash the in the cast, right? That would be Coots. Coots would just like amazingly just turn back and be Mr. Chestnut Checkers all of a sudden. Can you think of a better replacement for Bergeron? This is sickening. I have just brought about the worst timeline. <laughs> you just, you put this into the universe. I brought evil into the universe and I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to yeah. talk about it at all. Oh God, what have I done? What have I done? God damn it, Steve. God damn it, Steve. That's the story of my life right there. All right, well. We're going to wrap up soon, but before we go, I guess we got to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers for a bit. Wait, wait, okay. Before we talk about the Flyers, who you got one in the cup right now? Who you feel in your bones right now? Who do you feel one in the cup? 
Oilers. I'm going with the Boston Bruins. All right. We'll have to think about it. I got it. Oilers, Bruins, and I got the Oilers winning. I got Oilers, Bruins. I got Bruins winning in six. I will take Oilers in six. I don't want the people of Boston to be happy. They've had enough sports success over the past 20-odd years. Okay? I don't need them to be any happier. So I'm very happy with any team. Well, not any team. I don't want the Devils, Rangers. <laughs> I don't want a lot of teams to win it. But I certainly you know, would not be unhappy seeing Boston lose it after a historically great season. But I just don't see anybody oh, it'd doing be, it. It would be very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Let's talk about the a, a team on the opposite side of the spectrum, A one of the league's worst, the seventh worst in the NHL this year, the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers. And they packed up their lockers. They gave their exit interviews and not quite as spicy as last year. Ivan Provorov wasn't talking about glory stories and, basically cursing out the media, none of that. But there were some interesting tidbits. Yeah, there were definitely some big ones. I think the top one is that Kevin Hayes just flat out said, yeah, I'm probably not coming back. <laughs> like, he said, I know where I stand. I got the message from a couple months ago when he was scratched. You know, they're playing the young guys, and it seems like they don't want to pay me. Or they, they probably don't want a guy making as much as I do they probably don't want me playing like nine minutes a night like I have been. So it, I just, I don't see how Kevin Hayes comes back. No, it really feels like the relationship is just irreparable between him and the organization and specifically the head coach. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's the organization. He seems like the way he was talking at his presser, it seems like he legit loves playing for the Flyers. Yeah. And he loves the city, but like, it's just not, it's a total philosophical difference between him and Torts, and it's just not going to work out. Yeah, it's just not going to work out. So uh, I guess we're going to say goodbye to Kevin Hayes. I mean, the rumors have been Columbus for him. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau yeah. and all that. I, I do have to wonder about somebody like Boston just because he does have ties there between Jimmy Hayes and also hometown, right? But Yeah, he's from Boston. He's from Boston. But who knows what's going to happen with him? I mean, he could go anywhere. He's still a good hockey player. I mean, he didn't really do anything on defense this year, but he's got some offensive, you know, capabilities, man. Like he put up a uh, pretty good offensive numbers this year. And I think he's a good locker room guy. And I think he could be very valuable to a team. So we'll have to see what Danny Breer or whoever the GM might be, but it'll probably be Danny Breer does with him in the coming off season. Yeah. If this is the end, it's been real, Kevin. It's been a, it has been a couple years. I don't know if they've been good, but they've been years. They've been interesting. They've been interesting. Uh, weird contract. I understood why at the time, but you know, wasn't my favorite contract. And I, it's, <laughs> this isn't like when Jake Voracek left. I was like, man, we had some memories. Jake Voracek cursing out the media, not scoring goals, passing, getting a ton of assists, and just being yeah. a a fun bearded guy but kevin hayes just kind of like all right cool <laughs> yeah no i mean the best portion of his time in philly was definitely that first season especially when he did like all the mic'd up things yeah when he it's did the like, wrestling belt championship that or uh, yeah. wrestling belt celebration that was great i think he called chara a leaf eater or some tall guy a leaf eater and he's like he looks like a giraffe <laughs> So, yeah. A giraffe. Chara just ran in the Boston Marathon. I heard about that. I saw a picture 
And it was just like people looking over at him like, the fuck? And I wasn't sure if it was because they knew he was the Daniel Chara or because he's a seven foot tall man. Yeah. Perhaps both. Could be. Maybe the second funniest Chara picture. The first funniest is still when he was on that rooster ride and his legs don't fit in the ride. And he's just very (laughs) Yeah, I love that one. One of the best. One of the best. So Kevin Hayes likely gone. And there's a couple other question marks on the team. I mean, Ivan Provorov did not sound great for him continuing on as a Philadelphia Flyer. It sounds like he wants no part of this rebuild at all. And what's interesting is Tortorella during his presser on Monday was basically saying like, yeah, if you don't want to be, basically he was saying, if you don't want to be here, get the hell out, essentially. (laughs) Terrific. It just, it just feels like Provorov is not gonna be, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't see him being bad. I don't see him being bad. Maybe he will be. And I'm fine with that because as we've discussed, not only because of the Pride Night incident, but also just because of his general attitude and also diminishing returns, I think it's time for a fresh start from all parties. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he needs it. And I think the Flyers need it. And I think they realize that. Yeah, absolutely. And then one of the other guys on defense that might not be back is one, Anthony Tony D'Angelo, who had some frustrations. Uh, they were asking about getting scratched for the last five games. And he said, this was per Charlie O'Connor's article in the athletic he said, do I agree with it? What happened in the last five games? Absolutely not. I think it's ridiculous that I didn't play the last five. So, uh, Mr. Balls of meat, not very happy about that scratching, but I, I think a lot of people who were, well, us, would uh, would agree with the scratching because his defense was just, I think, worse than even we Horrible. expected it to be. Because yeah. the expectation with D'Angelo coming into the season was that he would put up really good offensive numbers, but his defense would be ugly. And that was true, but the defense was even uglier than we thought it would be. And the offense wasn't as good as we thought it would be either. It was still pretty good. So, like I'll, I'll give it was that. good, but, but the like, power play wasn't helped, and that was the big thing. The power play was still a bottom five power play. Yeah, it was horrific, and so it's just yeah, the big situation. Like we talked a little bit about it last week. Like, do, do they trade him and retain salary? I don't know what team wants to trade for Tony D'Angelo. Like, who would want to trade for a player who's been benched? Literally healthy scratch for five straight games to end the season on one of the who worst has known teams in the off NHL. ice issues. Yeah, on one of the worst teams in the NHL who has known off ice issues, attitude problems. I mean, that it sounds like that's what happened, and that's why he didn't play the last five games. Like, no one knows exactly what happened, but it sure feels like it was a punishment to him as opposed to like him just being sat because he's bad at defense like that's not what happened so what team's trading for that and, and torts definitely like use that as a punishment because like travis sanheim had his situation in calgary where he was benched and he noted that on the last day like that was definitely something that stuck with him and this one stuck with d'angelo like and he he emphasized that you know this is where he wants to be where he's wanted to play since he was a kid so if this would be Quite an ending to his Flyers career if it ended with five games of, you know, getting healthy scratched. It would be, yeah, it would be something. Because, like, they could trade him. I don't, again, I think it's going to be a bit of a challenge for Danny Breeze, but who knows? 
Uh, NHL GMs are weirdos, and they do like to take chances on people. Look at Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, but they could also buy him out. That's very a very real possibility because it's only an extra year of cap hit that you have to worry about, and it's not really a significant number. Yeah, and they could also just keep him, which, like, I know nobody... A lot of people probably don't want. That's likely what's going to happen. That's, yeah. It seems like that could also very well happen. Yeah. And uh, that, that, I made my thoughts clear on that situation. And let's hope that's not the case. Now, one of the other things I really noted from the exit interviews is the medical staff distrust. And this came up in the Cam Atkinson portion of everything. But uh, essentially, like, this is a Tortorella quote here where he says, I think there's a huge scab on this organization with the medical situation that was prior. I didn't realize it when I took the job, how long some of the medical problems and how things were being handled. It's been going on for years here. It's not criticizing any one person, but it's been a mess. And it's still something that's on one of our main burners to continue to get better. Now, this is an interesting situation to me because this is something we had long... It wasn't quite a conspiracy theory with Flyers fan like, media, no, but like yeah. we noted that like there were a couple medical situations that really seemed to get screwed up. I mean, look at Ryan Ellis, look at Sean Couturier, look at Kevin Hayes, like Derek Broussard, Derek Broussard. Like there were a lot of issues in recent years that really did not seem to be handled well. And the Flyers seemed to actively make worse at times. And we saw with Cam Atkinson, I think the big red flag was when he went back to Columbus to get a medical evaluation instead of staying here in a city that's supposed to be known as one of the better uh, medical cities in the country between Jefferson and Penn. And especially for sports related, uh, you know, diagnoses and uh, treatment. And that was a big red flag to people that he went back to Columbus. And it turns out that where there was smoke, there was fire with this. Yeah. And like, granted, like, kudos to the Flyers for like recognizing that they needed to make changes because like they have and Cam Atkinson like confirmed he was like yeah at the time like I did not he basically said like I didn't really trust the people here so I went to the people I do trust back in Ohio but he says things are better now which is great so and like that's what Torts reiterated too it sounds like they really did kind of uh overhaul the the medical staff which is exactly what they needed because like you can't have all the injuries they've had over the last few years and just think oh nothing to see here just bad luck like no it's not bad luck something is truly wrong and um hopefully they've gotten to the bottom of it right because you can only blame bad luck for so long (laughs) yeah yeah just craziness and i really do hope the the issues are starting to get sorted out over there because you're not going to attract new talent. People aren't going to want to sign with you. If you have a reputation around the league for having just poor medical care for your players. Right. Exactly. Like that's literally freaks players out. Players don't want to play for, for an organization where it's like, they can't trust the medical staff when you're a professional hockey player. Yeah. Bare minimum guys, bare minimum. So hopefully that's on the right path. Any other takeaways you had from the exit interviews that you want to talk about here, Quakes? Uh, none too much. Um, yeah. One thing I will say is it seems like a lot of players are, um, hopeful that the turnaround will come faster than, uh, than the fans think it'll be. And a lot of them are looking at Coots and Atkinson returning as like a big boost Maybe they're right. 
it wrong. I don't know. I mean, if those are guys who can come back, we've talked about Coots at potentially up to 80% of his previous capability, which is still a damn good hockey player. And Atkinson, I would say the same thing. If you can get Atkinson back at like 80, 90% of what he used to be, then maybe you are talking about having some progress. I don't know if it's enough progress to push for the playoffs or anything, but those are two really key. Those are two first line players right there. Two top line players. And that does make a difference. I mean, if you can have Coots, Atkinson, Konechny, Farabee, and you know, Farabee's another big factor. Farabee's neck was bothering him all season. It was not really, he was not a hundred percent at any point. So if you can get those guys back to close to a hundred percent, you have maybe a very different hockey team, but you still have a lot of other moves to make. I mean, we've already talked about Kevin Hayes, Ivan Provorov. There could be other changes to the defense. I mean, if D'Angelo is gone, you have to replace him with somebody. And I don't know how strongly they feel about Ronnie Adderd in that position. That's, you know, a right-handed shot in the system. But, uh, and you know, you've got some, you know, younger guys who they've got to make some room for. I mean, Tyson Forrester is a guy who we've talked about potentially making the big club next year. Uh, Cutter Gauthier isn't quite ready for that yet, but I mean, we could be seeing him like next season and would it be possible to even, would we potentially see him at all in the next season for like a cup of coffee or something like that? Um, it, I think it would be possible for them to sign him to his ELC towards the end of next regular season after the college season ends. That might be possible. Yeah, it doesn't seem like he will be playing for the Flyers like anytime soon. Right. Like we would be thinking season after next at, at earliest. Yeah. Like as like a regular in the lineup, it would be season after next. But regardless, they've got some young guys in the system that they do want to make some room for and everything. So there's going to be a lot of changes. I think it's going to be a fascinating offseason. And that's another big takeaway from the pressers is that so many of the veterans are just, they're so excited about the young town. Like they all, they can't stop talking about Owen Tippett. They can't stop talking about Noah Cates. A lot of players talking about um, Tyson Forster, who has scored. I haven't looked at the score, but like over the last like couple hours, but I know he just scored two goals in the, in the Phantoms first playoff game. So like Forrester can play and a lot of people are notice are taking notice of it. So yeah, there are a lot of players are really excited about the youth coming in. Phantoms won that game four to three. Hell yeah. Go Phantoms. Go Phantoms. And I really like that they're in the playoffs this year and they get to, get those guys that experience because getting experience at playoff hockey at any level is just so valuable to a a player's development. Yeah, no, it's big. So I'm, I'm glad he's down there playing some meaningful hockey. Hey, would you look at this tweet from two hours ago from the Phantoms account when they went up four to one, they said playing chess, not checkers. Whoever's running that account, big flight (laughs) list. There you go. hundred percent. 100%. 100%. So I think it was two goals for Tyson Forrester tonight, which is awesome. And just, yeah. I, I got to be very excited about there. There are things to be excited about. And I really think if they clean out some of the bad mojo from the locker room, some of the players that just, you know, just aren't worth the controversy and such. And some players who just don't really gel with the coach. I think we could have a more positive outlook next year and have a lot more fun. I just want to have fun with this again. This was such a miserable season. The season before this was pretty miserable. And I think 
we just want to have fun as a collective fan base. We want to enjoy Flyers hockey again. And hopefully we are starting on the path to that. Yeah, from all the changes they made to the front office and all that, it feels like they they feel the same way we do. They want to get back to being a good, good, like, you know, noteworthy, relevant franchise again. And I think before long, we'll get there. It might take a little time. Yeah, and I think for the first time in a, a while, I feel like they actually do understand some of our frustrations it took a little bit to get through to them, but I think we actually are, are starting to get through to them a little bit. Bullying works, Steve. Bullying works. Broad Street bullying works. <laughs> All right, folks, it's getting late. And we gots to go. But thank you, beautiful people, for listening. We love you all. Quigs, if people have any feedback for you, where is the best place to find you on twitter.com.org.edu.musk.ca, blah, blah, blah. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Quiggs with a Z. And also, make sure to read my stuff for thehockeynews.com. Oh, wow. I am now... Uh, covering the Flyers for the Hockey News. And I will still be at Broad Street Hockey. I will still be doing Flyperbole. Um, and so that's awesome. Still going to be sticking around the community here. Um, but I'll be writing a whole lot for the Hockey News for the foreseeable future. So really excited about that. Um, tune into my stuff. It'll be a lot of fun. Still trying to just hurt my brain every week with some of the worst food and media takes you've ever heard. Ryan Quigley. Not going anywhere. I. Yeah, I can't leave you that easily, Steve. Can't. I can't just let you get by without having pizza and orange juice. My somewhere. poor gray matter just is, it needs to be beaten to death. Yes, it does. <laughs> and that's why I exist. <laughs> Strictly to do that to you. Ryan Quake. Well, congrats on the hockey news. I hope it goes well for you, my friend. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm excited. You can find me at Flyperbole or at Estebaum. If it's for hockey purposes, make it Flyperbole. Follow Flyperbole on Instagram. Follow Flyperbole on TikTok. And follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey. All that fun stuff. All right, folks. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Stroh Show. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports Channel.